Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, which for the first time in living memory has been recorded on a Wednesday lunchtime at one o'clock. Blimey. I'm John Phipps and as always I'm joined by leading non-league football commentator Matt Gerrard, who just interrupted the first attempt to record this by shutting the door. How are you, Matt? Uh, well, I'm impressed you call me leading. Uh, did you say needing non non-league or leading Kent non-league commentator I actually said non-league I hold you in that high <laughs> hey I've got outside the counter yeah very good very good John uh, we've had a bit of problems at our house because I've never been heated in oh, since yeah. Saturday night so um, that is a bit of a concern but uh, so basically people were standing north wind of me not to get a whiff but it was fixed the nice man from British Gas fixed our boiler which is very old but it still goes so uh, I could have a shave which was nice and a shower and not freeze so um, that's a bit of excitement as, as we talked about the snow last week and it's building up momentum that snow's coming John did you see that in the, the press? Well I've, I've, I've seen some forecasts for, for this weekend and obviously it's next weekend that you're telling everyone it's going to snow but yeah. I'm a little yeah. concerned because I'm going to the northeast this weekend and uh, it's going they're to probably going to shed lights it's going to snow up there apparently on Friday and Saturday and I'm travelling on Friday and I'm there on Saturday so I'm well happy about that prospect thanks Matt thanks a lot that's, it's, it's, it's coming though so that's a bit of a I don't really like driving in snow, so um, but we're going. We'll worry, we'll worry about that when it comes. But um, I think it's going up north. I don't think we're going to get. It. It's going to be freezing down here, but um, no snow at the moment. But uh, yeah, apart from that, uh, has anything else happened? Oh, we did have a thing. You know, my good friend Tom Bird, we mentioned last week, plays yeah. cricket 365 days a year. Really wants to become a professional cricketer, be it indoors, outdoors. Yeah. In his front garden, mentioned that Charing. We just got that fifty last week. All right. He. Works near there in his, in his day job, and he has scored two goals on the football pitch. So I'm going on the basis that that, that, that pitch turned into a football pitch in the winter. Does that, is that correct? It must do, yeah. So he scored he scored two goals, and his girlfriend, who is quite good at football, considerably better than me and considerably better than Tom, scored two goals in the same game as well. So people, there is a bit of linkage between your fifty and Tom scoring too. So when I did, when he did ring about me, he got he went on about when he scored a hat trick once, but. Fortunately, this line got a little bit bad because when Tom gets going, it does like going in descriptive mode. But there you go. So somebody else has had a bit of a sporting success on Charing's field, John. So maybe I should go there and try and do 10 keep-ups or something. Well, exactly. Um, also, um, Matt, I'm, I'm still playing my way through Luther on Series 4 now. As a big someone who's a big fan of this programme, I have a question I need to ask you. Why, series 4, which... Yeah, sorry, can Why does no one ever dial 999? They're in this all sorts of peril. I'm, I'm particularly thinking of, of um, the silly cow in the episode the other day, who she was um, she was about to phone the police because the cat was stuck in the loft, and then when her boyfriend's head came through the loft, she didn't phone nine nine nine. What's wrong with the woman? Oh uh, yeah, that, that's quite a scary one there. But I don't think really. I don't think we can. You know, we've been a, you shouldn't really call anybody a silly cow on the phone. But that was a scary one. But yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not calling her. I'm calling the. The character in this program, a fictional oh, right, person, oh, I see, right, yeah. a silly cat. But, yeah, but you'd be a little bit scared if somebody came through your ceiling and you probably wouldn't reach for your phone, I would have thought. But she had to phone around to phone about the cat. Uh, well, I don't know, but it's a good process for So you've got one series to go before your cat caught up, because series five was one last week, wasn't it? So do you think he is the coolest man in the world? Well, no, because I know you, Matt. No, thanks, yeah. Second coolest man in the world. Yeah, go on, why not, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love, yeah. Again, but I've mentioned you saying Bolt, I'd like to shake hands. If I saw it just Elba, 
I'd probably try and be cool and do a fist bump, but he'd probably look at me like a twat. But that's what I try and do to Idris Elba, because I think he is the coolest man in the world. I'd like to walk like him, and I'd like one of his coats, to be honest, just prancing around. But yeah, I do. I am a bit of a man crush on uh, Idris, so if he does listen to the non-league podcast, I know he's big into his DJing, so he's probably not going to be from there. And I think actually, a guy from work actually met him at some sort of festival, and he said he was a top bloke, which I expect him to be. Because certain people you may hear that they're absolute blonkers, when you meet him in real life but apparently Idris Elba is the same as he is swaggers so basically yeah top man and have you watched anything else or you just been binge watching Luther pretty much just binge watching Luther to be honest it's uh, I, I mean there's all sorts of other things going on there was a programme on last week and, and do you know what I've moderately enjoyed it it's on Channel 4 I think it was on Thursday evening and it was called Flirty Dancing Right, and and the right. the premise of this, if you've not heard of it, is your man from Diversity, Ashley Banjo. That's his name, isn't it? He um, he's, doing, he's got he's made a good career out of this. Yes. So, but his, his new one, you'll like this, right? Is they get two random strangers and they teach them both the parts to a dance, and then they meet right. for the first time and do the dance, and then they see if they want to date afterwards. But what sort of songs they've been dancing to? I couldn't tell you the songs. That one of them was like a sort of contemporary running around dance in an art gallery, and the other one was on a um, on a tower near the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol. Do you know what? It, it I'm struggling to make it sound as as palatable as it was, but it wasn't too bad. Did, did, was there love after these things? They both went on. Yeah, they both went on another date, and yeah, they seemed to get on all right. So you've had naked uh, naked people looking at dance. Uh, uh, dating now dancing what could be next who knows maybe it'll be uh, non-league football fans yeah it yeah, could be yeah yes um, well fortunately for us the reputation of non-league football fans is probably a little ground hoppery but uh, as we're both um, taken that's probably not a good thing but yeah that'd be interesting I'll, I'll come to the watch. I've mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine you, you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, I'm not a fan oh no fantastic program I'm gutted because I finished the end of Netflix. You know, I was doing my friends session. Yeah. We moved on to um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. We started to watch, but now that's finished. So we need something else. But uh, yeah, any other what, comedy what, for half an what, hour? We're having our dinner. Right. We like to watch something that makes us laugh. I'm so uh, two suggestions, both American comedies, both that I love. Okay. Right. How I Met Your Mother. Um, right. And the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs is brilliant. It's on. It's on now. So it's, it's still current, but it's about like, it's, it's, you'll love it because it's like a bloke looking back at his life in the 80s when he was a kid and it's a family. And do you know what? It's a real family programme. I think even the girls might quite enjoy it. Oh, I'll get on to that. But another thing we're watching this weekend, Britain's Got Talent because the kids love that. Americans Got Talent, the champions. So all these crazy acts coming and Susan Boyle singing um, Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones. And that, is a version of a song, one of my favourite songs, and she doesn't knock it out. And she got through. But again, maybe I'll carry on about America's Got Talent. There's some crazy blokes in there, soloing swords, swords, and also like breakdown dancing on a ladder about 10 foot high. So crazy programs. But the kids like that, and I, and I quite like that. But yeah, apart from that, not much on the television. I keep falling asleep. Vera's getting too complicated. Uh, but I am off to the cinema tonight, John, changing the subject to see Stan and Ollie. Stan and Ollie. Um, I. Now, hang on a second. I seem to remember the other week seeing a uh, bus lo- uh, a bus driving past when I was with you for this Stan and Ollie film. 
And one Matthew Gerrard said, I bet that's terrible. What's, what's changed your mind? No, no, that was that. No, that was the um, uh, Sherlock Holmes one with somebody else. Oh, with, I apologise. Uh, Farrell and Riley, but Riley is in um, Stan and Laurel. Oh, sorry, I apologise. So I'm going to watch that, so I'll give you my Mark Kermode-type review next week, maybe. Uh, of that yeah, so I'm looking forward to that cinema I don't normally go to cinema often so I think the last time I actually went not to watch a kids film was Winston Churchill which is very good so uh, yeah I'll keep you informed on that on my uh, uh, things and I'm gonna, uh, yeah that's about it really nothing's Excellent. Nothing too exciting, really. It's, exciting. it's our 67th episode this week, and I saved my own ears by not listening to any of the music by the hip-hop slash rap artist called 67, uh, claimed Never to be the rawest cute crew in UK rap. Um, I'm positive it's not my cup of tea, but about 15 minutes ago, their song Let's Lurk, which really annoyingly doesn't have an apostrophe in the title, had 9,937,708 listens via popular streaming sites. So maybe... Just maybe. Are they, are they out now, this popular group? Apparently so. So maybe I, no, I'm really. wrong, Matt, and, and I, I wish 67 all the best in their endeavours, um, but I won't be listening. I knew 67 had got married in 1967. Did he? They, they did. did they? So um, that's, that's the only thing I know from now. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go on the retirement. I might be retiring when I'm 67. If you're lucky. Uh, if I'm lucky, yeah. Um, we, said, we said that. We said that. Sixty-five, so there you go. Yeah. Um, Sixty-seven seconds. You was it, also, for a time, the world record for the one hundred meter speed skating set by Pekka Koskela in two thousand seven. How far could you skate in sixty-seven seconds, Matt? Uh, I went ice skating once, hang on to the side, and got off about two seconds later. I my ankles hurt, and I was too scared. Much like me. Anyway, we're skating on thin ice with this chat, so let's move on to football, which is why you're listening, after all. We're going to start with Maidstone United, who made it through in the FA Trophy, but probably wish they hadn't after being sent to Salford in the next round. And then on Tuesday night, they were beaten 4-2 at home by Maidenhead United, when a win in that game would have taken the Stones out of the bottom four. Will Haviland scored twice. Oli Maloon was sent off a disappointing night for the Stones, Matt. Yes, I think um, the new manager bounce they had those two away wins at Bournemouth and Hartlepool which were decent results but their home form I think they've played 13 home games won one drawn two and lost ten and I think um, the third game of the season they actually won that game so you can see how badly they're doing at home um, that was a a good chance for them I would have thought to get out of that maybe they're not the greatest team in the world so um, yeah really disappointing and if they'd have got out of it, it'd have given them a little bit of fight. When you go on the Maystone form after I was speaking to Arthur, everybody's thinking they'd gone down. So two steps forward, one steps back. And what I would probably say is at the moment they're heading towards relegation. And I know they're giving the managers till the end of the month, but do they need to react? See, John Steele was in the crowd. We mentioned John Steele before, left Barnet, former Maystone manager. I'm not saying he's going to come back. Maybe he was just scouting. But maybe he could be interested in the role. But um, at some point, they're going to make a decision. And I still point at maybe working an experienced manager to work with um, Lewis and work with Simon Walton. But at the moment, it's not looking good. And I think they've got Dagenham at home on Saturday. They've got to start winning matches at the end of the day. Otherwise, they're going down. You'd always think that Matt's actually seen my script here because I have written down that they've got six points from 14 games at home. And then my, the next sentence was, home again on Saturday to Dagenham Redbridge. And you've got to say they've got to start picking up results now, which is pretty much exactly what Matt said. And, you know, the home form is, is, is staggering. It's the joint worst home record in the division. And uh, the only team who's, who are as bad as them at home are Braintree, who are bottom of the table. 
and their waveform isn't too bad. So you've got to wonder. And, and it was interesting when Jay Saunders was on the radio the other week when he said to us that the pitch is is is, is the wrong size. There is it's, it's not big enough, and you can see. I suppose the pitch is the same for both sides. But when you're playing on it every week, you would have thought by now, mate, someone would have adapted, no? Yeah, I'm trying to see what was their away record like last season. I don't think it was. I oh, saw his home record was like last. Season. I don't think it was that particularly good either. They had struggled a little bit when they went through the leagues. It was, you know, was they were the team to beat. It was really, it was absolutely brilliant. But now they've gone into the national league. They've struggled a little bit. Um, uh, uh, you can't put your finger on it because they get good support and fair play to the supporters I know there's been some sort of discontent but you know still 2,000 there yesterday with about 30 away supporters so yes it's, a little, it's just a little bit disappointing I know they're away for them six away wins you know it's better than some of the sides halfway up the league so um, yeah it's a real strange one for, from that point of view you see Salford have won six games away from home so have Maidstone so um, yeah, very, very strange. They've really got to sort this out, otherwise they're going down. Look at a quick skim on the old internet. Last year, their home form, they won six games out of 24, so well, they only lost eight at home last year, drew a lot of games, so uh, from that point of view. But I, don't know, I can't see what the, you know, if Leicester pitch is a problem, but yeah, really disappointed. And three points against Maidenhead would have been a real boost for them on and off the pitch, I think. Yeah, and Dagenham on Saturday, I mean, Dagenham are uh, uh, sort of, they're still on the sort of periphery of it, and you would think that that is a game that Maidstone have got to be looking at and saying, right, well, you know, expectation may not be high on them on Saturday at the Gallagher, but perhaps they can turn it round. I don't know. Well, Dagenham have been in decent form under Peter Taylor. Again, you look at it. Peter Taylor came in in the summer. If they wanted an experienced man, I think Jay Saunders wanted him as coach at one stage to help him out a little bit. Um, yeah, they're on decent form. I know he went out the trophy to Salford, but you know it's a, it's a difficult tie up there. But their, their form has been really good of late. I think um, Dagenham all saying that they've lost a, they've won in the league for a while. So, but normally they've been on a good run. They've won at Bebsley as well. So it's tough. It's a tough one. And Dagenham not out of the hole themselves, but they know if they get three points against Maidstone, that really kicks them on a little bit as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, else, the only other team on Saturday in the FA Trophy were Matt Stover Athletic. Glass it wasn't to be for them as they exited the competition with a defeat at home to Harrogate. We'll get Matt's thoughts on that game shortly. But first, here's goalkeeper and all-round nice man, Mitch Walker. Not a trip to Wembley this year? Uh, no. Um, it's always disappointing to lose games. And obviously in the Cup, if you lose, you're out. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those where disappointing to lose. But on the other hand, we, we can sort of focus on the league now. So, yeah, silver line into the cloud and all that. Big, well, I think the first five, ten minutes game, I think you've been the busiest you've been for a long while because the penalty save and yeah. they looked a very good side, I thought, for the opening 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I don't think we started very well. I thought we were a little bit sloppy, to be fair, in the first ten minutes, but uh, we grew into the game and, uh, yeah, managed to sort of save the penalty and then we went up and scored. Um, so I thought it, it was going to be our day, but, yeah, unfortunately, as I said, I, I think they probably deserved to go through on the basis of the game. I think they had a few more chances than what we did. Um, so, yeah, we've got to make sure that when we play them here in the league that we win. Yeah, I think they're one of the better sides I think I've seen at Gravel this season, the way they knock the ball around. Yeah, definitely. I know, um, was it last year that they were champions of the Conference North, which is a very, very tough league. So, uh, yeah, when we played them up at their place on the 3G or 4G, they, they were very good at moving the ball around and they showed that again today. So, yeah, I think we learnt quite a lot from today's game. And, uh, yeah, as I said, we'll look forward to our next important game, which is probably at home next week. Yeah, you say that in 2019 the club hadn't conceded a goal, so defensively you're looking pretty solid at the moment. 
Yeah, I think sort of going full time and uh, sort of keeping sort of a, a good structure in, in the team has helped. Um, so yeah, obviously it's always disappointing to, to concede goals as, as we did today. Um, but yeah, as I said, we, we've done very well the last couple of games. So yeah, we just got to take it on the chin and move on. Going full time as a goalkeeper, you know, how much extra work is that for you? And I suppose from that point of view, from part time. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably say that we probably get through two to three times the amount of training that we had before on the on the pitch um, throughout the week so yeah it's very good it's, it, as I said anything that you feel as though you're struggling with or the gaffer feels as though we're struggling with you get to sort of practice and iron out so yeah it's good that we've sort of obviously spent a lot more time together as a team as well we sort of eat together and uh, obviously train um, together as well so yeah it's, it's, it's been good sort of for the team morale and also um, individually and as a team. You think you've improved as a goalkeeper? You know, personally, I think your handling's been a lot better since uh, being thrown full time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, beforehand, sort of uh, where we were for six years training um, part time, it, it was difficult to be honest, with you, especially this time of the year because when we train in the evenings, people can't get there on time because they've got got work um, and the traffic's like sort of horrendous. And then sort of trying to move the lights around. Sometimes you only train for an hour, um, so it's, it is very difficult. Whereas now, as I said, we, we can train for as long as we like. Sort of, uh, if, if we ever want to do extras after the after the session, we can because obviously it's it's in the daytime. We're not rushing to try and get back because it's 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly been good, and I'm, I'm certainly enjoying it. I think uh, I speak for most of the boys or all the boys when they say uh, that they I think we're probably all improve maybe sort of a five ten percent and uh, that can make all the difference come the end of the season yeah of course of course I know sort of the previous years we've done very well sort of uh, part-time but I'm thinking sort of uh, as, as we've gone full-time I think someone said to me uh, on the form table in the league we'd be about third or second at the moment so um, yeah um, as I said we've just got to focus this year on trying to sort of carry on picking up the results carry on doing well um, and then yeah obviously I, I think it's beneficial well benefited the whole club and uh, the players so yeah it's been good Interesting comments from Mitch about being full-time, Matt, which we'll come on to shortly. But first, tell me about Saturday then. Yeah, I, I, I walked out of the game thinking, oh, I'm a bit concerned again here. I know Dover have been on a really good set of form, but Harrogate, who hadn't been in good form, but they're top seven in the league. And to be honest, they're one of the best sides I've seen this season. Like, for the first, before Dover scored, with the, basically the first time they've been in Harrogate's half on 13 minutes, Harrogate could have been four up they missed the penalty uh, and missed some golden opportunities but that was my I know David didn't play some of the bigger guns out so they didn't play from there but I was a little bit concerned that it, when David if they do play against some of the better sides they would get overrun a bit I know they beat Wrexham recently so you can maybe counteract what I've just said there but yeah I was a little bit concerned that maybe some of the players who come into the squad aren't necessarily up to it but they were a lot better side um at Harrogate and I hope they go on to win it because uh, really nice bloke and the first time ever me being a football commentator the fans of Harrogate every time they walk past their equivalent of me for BBC Radio York or whatever it was they'd sing his name etc like that so I was quite impressed with him and he was a, a top bloke as well so yeah Harrogate a lot better than Dover and you know this time last week when I was walking on here saying oh we're going to be okay I'm, after that defeat I'm a little bit concerned that you know it might not be too that easy to get out of the hole we're in. Um, interesting. If so, if you're a Dover fan, um, any time you're walking past the press box at the Crabble, no, field. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect people to sing my name. And I do like occasionally people wave to me, but it was quite impressive. There's a horde of them. Just so there's only one. What Barry's name was something Barry. Barry commentator. There's only one Barry commentator, and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, he was. Uh, he, he, to be fair, he was giving it large to him as well. So um, maximum respect to him. Well, indeed. And Mitch Walker there made some good comments about being full-time. And, and we, he was one player we thought Matt may struggle to make that transition because of, of the stuff he does 
outside of football, but he seems to be settling into it really well. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he, he's been impressive. His handling's been good. He's, you can see he's been working on his use of the feet as well. Cause he's, he's quite, he's um, being the old sweeper keeper coming out. And I think the point of that interview that interested me the most that say, you know, we can hang around and do stuff after training because, of course, as you mentioned there, they have problems with the floodlights. Normally training finish, just let's get home because it's probably nine o'clock, we want to get home. But if they wanted to work on another thing, bits and pieces, it works out. They're training at King's Hill, I think it is, in Maystone. I think that's Maystone, is it King's Hill? Yeah, sort of in uh, Maystone, Westmoreland sort of way, yeah. So, yeah, I think the facilities are pretty good down there. So, um, yeah, I think it's working out for Mitch. Um, yeah, he had another good game. His handling's been good. He, he's kept him in the game a few times. So, yeah, I think it'll work out for him and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer. What will he do? You know, will he stay at the club again? He's nearing 300 appearances for the club. Or maybe he'll want to go back to his part-time role. It'll just be interesting to see. But, yeah, he's having a really good season, Super Mitch. So, uh, we'd like for that. As we said before, he is the nicest man you could ever meet. Well, indeed. Uh, talk of nice men, uh, Derby on Saturday as well as Dover take on Bromley. So, you'll be looking forward to that as well. Oh, yeah. I remember one time when I um, uh, went to go across the pitch when uh, we played Bromley and uh, Smudge just kicked the ball to me and I controlled it pretty poorly and he just laughed. So, uh, yeah, look forward to catching up with Neil Smith and uh, from that, it's another big game. Um, and, you, know, you look at Dover, you know, they're still six points clear of Maidstone, but say if Dover lost to Bromley then lost to Haven, they're back into the hole. It's always that you're one defeat of having problems. Well, Bromley are on a bit of a a good run, particularly well, been good run at home, not necessarily away from home. But that should be a, a decent game there, and uh, I'm sure uh, it should be an in- interesting one. Hopefully, a decent crowd at Crabble to see it see it out. But uh, you know, another win for Dover boosts my confidence. A defeat, you back down on your knees. So um, I'm half my glass half empty or glass half full. I don't really know at the moment. Well, let me I'll, let me know on. Uh, I'll let you know next week. Basically, I thought you were going to say then that Neil Smith rolled the ball over to you, controlled it brilliantly, offered you a six month contract. I think I would struggle to do that but again the first touch of a rhino as they say so um, yeah we're good to catch up with uh, Neil so as I say he's uh, been a good friend of this programme and the other programme we do and uh, and he's a nice bloke as well so yeah nice bloke Kevin on Saturday at Gravel and Luke Coulson as well friend of the shows yes yes I need to have a chat with him as well so yeah so all in all yes uh, we've made friends in football that's what it is friends football friends as they say football friends (laughs) yeah um, big game at Stonebridge Road on Saturday as well as Ebbsfleet United host Leighton Orient uh, in what is probably the biggest test so far for manager Gary Hill and, and Ebbsfleet are in great form they've just had a week off you've got to think that they'll be they've got nothing to fear have they? No, 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 no I think they had a good result oh, Leighton Orient won all win early in the season under Daryl McMahon good test for Gary Hill's men um, yeah I think uh, really I don't know they were, you know, if, they hadn't, if they've got three points against Chesterfield they'd have won four on the spin Scoring goals for fun as well. Um, maybe they probably wanted a game last week to carry on or maybe get those cobwebs from the Chesterfield game out of the way. But that'll be a, an interesting game against Orient. David Drew against Orient over Christmas. Orient, I think a draw was a fair result, but I'm sure there'll be 2,000 plus Orient fans not travelling too far. So, cracking atmosphere at uh, Stonebridge. I had a good marker. If Epsi can get a result there, there's no reason why they can't believe that confidence is going to be high and maybe they can get in the playoffs. Indeed. Well, moving on to the National League South, where playoffs is. I'll just say that. I was going to say to you also, I see Michael Cheek got Player of the Month for um, uh, National League. I, I don't know if they've. Because he's did really well over the New Year's period and scored a few goals, didn't he? But he scored more goals in early January than he did in December. So <laughs> I'm thinking maybe, maybe they've got a little bit excited by giving him that. Maybe he should have got it in January rather than December. Because a couple of games he actually didn't play in December, from my stats. So I don't, you know, fair play to him. He's been good form, but. I think the National League have got a little bit confused over the Christmas period, I think. 
Oh, well, who cares? Everyone gets yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not dissing him. Fair play to get the, the award. Yeah, well done, Michael Cheek. He's, he's certainly found his feet after a, a slow start to, uh, to his career at Ebbsfleet United. Uh, in the National League South, the playoffs is, is what everyone's thinking about. Darford won a thriller on Saturday as they beat St Albans City 3-2. Um, consistency is key for them now as they look to come good, Matt. But um, that game on Saturday sounded like an absolute belter. Yeah, yeah. It was, again, some of their newer signings have come good. Phil Roberts, I've seen before. Decent player. They've brought him in. Um, yeah, the consistency. They've got to go and look at their matches coming up. Again, three goals will be a bit of a bonus for them as well. We know they've struggled to score goals. Elliot Bradbrook scored a belter. And they, you know, pegged back and they've got that winner. So, it's still tinkering with the squad a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a big three points here. But they need to follow it up the next few weeks as well. And I think the management said... Yeah, and the other sort of press that um, there's some uh, big games coming up for them. Where are they in the league? Darford, I six six. So they're doing all right. They're doing all right. As it's a two horse race, keeping those positions. As Billericay seem to go backwards all the time, and that was a big win against St Albans because they're up there as well. Well, exactly. And uh, Welling were without a game at the weekend. They are at home to Eastbourne Borough on Saturday. While Dartford go to Chelmsford, which is a tough game against the fourth place team. But you look at that league table, as I know you are, because we've just all heard you scrabbling to look at it, and you see the two, the two kitten teams, sixth and seventh. You can't argue with that, can you? Well, oh, no, no. That's, you know, I think if we got um, one stage, I only thought Welling would get in there. But um, yeah, Dartford doing all right. Good home form as well, Dartford. Against Chelmsford, there's no love lost between the two sides here, is there? When they've played each other before over this playoffs and etc. like that. There's a big one. They've got Chelmsford, then Concord. So some big games coming up for, for Dartford. So uh, that should be a good game there. Down there. And the darts will bring numbers there uh, from that point of view. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. Yeah, indeed. Into the uh, Bostock League. And I think actually we're going to start in the South East Division, where um, on Saturday, despite their lowly league standing, um, and I just, I'm just pausing because I'm looking just to check. Jake Embry took his season's tally to 15 goals for the season by scoring four as lowly Herm Bay hit seven against Greenwich Borough away from home. Um, what a fantastic result that is. I, th- I think there's problems at Greenwich and, and Herm Bay have leapfrogged Greenwich in the process of that. But 7-2 away win, what's going on there? Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw the score, you know. Up, they score goals and they can see goals. You mentioned him, but Embry is, you know, he's working his way through the um, this level. Is he somebody? I know his dad's the manager at Fern Bay. Is he somebody worth a punt on? Because that that we mentioned before, the experience at this level, he's had a good year last year, and now scoring goals. And on whatever level you play at, I know Greenwich Borough are slipping down the league a little bit, well, a lot, in fact. The the um, He's scoring goals. Four goals at any level is decent and he seems a goal scorer. So it'll be interesting to see if Herm Bay can hang on to him and maybe sides particularly at the level if he wants to, he can go go at the next level. Well, exactly. He is still only young as well, which is a a big thing for for him because... He'll be looking to to make pro. He wants to have a, a do it, or he obviously enjoys playing football. He'd like to have a, a bit of a crack at it. And and you know, I, I would say that definitely that you can have a, a look at him. I see Andrew Dowhouse on the score sheet as well. He's an experienced uh, player, but eighty six supporters of that game and and Greenwich Borough have gone up and down and had all sorts of changes. But you have to worry for them. Well, they the playoffs for Greenwich Borough not early this season, but um, last season a bit, weren't they? That's yeah. when Gary Alexander was in charge. I mean, he left. It seems to have gone a bit. Hey, well, yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know, know much about them. Do we class them as Kent, Greenwich? No, not quite, no. They're, uh, no, they're no. very London. But I wonder if Herne Bay also are the only team, well, certainly 
locally who've ever scored seven away from home but also conceded seven at home as they did lose 7-1 to VCD Athletic. But if you want goals, Herm Bay is the place to go. I mean, it doesn't look like their defensive record's not brilliant, but their last six games, a 4-1 defeat, a 5-2 defeat, a 3-1 win, a 3-2 win, a 2-1 defeat and a 7-2 away win. Yeah. Uh, I think um, you see it in this in, in this division that teams score goals and concede them by a, a, an absolute um, shed Interestingly, not, not, nobody really, normally by this side of the season, when we saw mentioned Hayes last week, normally somebody's averaging three goals a game. But not, they, the highest scorers in the division... I've only got 46, which are Hastings, who are normally banging them in, to be fair, quite often, but in 20 games. So, um, I don't think there's been that many more goals in this league than before, but normally it's a, a high-scoring league. But it, looking at the league, though, John, it's a pretty depressing ring at the bottom, isn't it? It is. But also, just before we move on from Herne Bay, um, I'm just looking back at the rest of their fixtures this season. Uh, it's Actually, this weekend was the second time this season that Jake Embry has scored four, having also done that in another quiet game, a 5-4 away win at Ramsgate. Um, goals galore for, for him. He also got a hat-trick. Yeah, we'll keep an eye again. Um, maybe we can try and get him on the show, John. Well, ask, he also um, got a hat-trick in the FA Cup uh, as well. So he's got three hat Three match balls sitting in his front, door, front room. Can't be bad if, if, if they do. Best give match balls away at this level. Well, I'd imagine you have to pay for them, don't you? But uh, yeah, at the top of that table, I mean, it's, yes, it is depressing at the bottom with Faversham on 16, Herne Bay and Sittingbourne both on 17. Um, but Cray Wanderers are 10 points clear at the top after a 2-0 win uh, at East Grinstead on Saturday. Uh, other results on Saturday, Dan Parrish was on target again as Ashford United beat Whitstable Town 2-0. Um, we've already mentioned that 7-2 scoreline. Uh, Hyde Town failed to break through against Hayward Heath. That game finished 0-0. It was Phoenix Sports 3, Hastings United 3, a last gasp penalty from Alex Teniola, getting the, a point for Phoenix Sports. Ramsgate 2, Guernsey 2, Seven Oaks beat Faversham 4-1, and VCD were 2-1 winners away at Three Bridges. Um, looking at the fixtures for this weekend in that division, um, we have got Ashford against Greenwich, which would have been Gary Alexander's uh, favourite day, but he's now not involved with either of those clubs. Cray host VCD. Uh, it's... Hyde against Seven Oaks, Phoenix against Horsham, Ramsgate against Sittingbourne, so Nick Davis against his former club, and Whitsville against Faversham in a, a pretty local derby clash there. And Sittingbourne are in action again on Tuesday, so it's going to come thick and fast for their new manager, Chris Lynch, who we spoke to last week. They're at home to VCD on Tuesday night. Um, that league is, is still is crazy to lose from here, isn't it, Matt? Uh, I, I would have thought so. Everybody else has been, been a little bit consi- inconsistent on like, um only one defeat in 20 games, good away from home, uh, defensively pretty tight. Yeah, I would have, I think we probably said this a year ago, didn't we? That we did. There's the news and um, we had him on the programme when he wanted 100 points and 100 goals and it all went a bit pear-shaped. So, um, yeah, we, we go, we're still going one up and one from the playoffs on this or we're not, are we? we don't, we're still, well, we're, we're definitely still. one up and then the playoffs, it will depend on your points per game average. Yeah. Depend, I don't know. Right, um, well, again, of course, it affects it, I presume, because there's less teams in this league, or does that really affect no, points, it's points per game? No, it's game average. So it will be, they'll just divide the however many games you played by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, yeah. Thanks for the average lesson there, but I don't, yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, you don't have to say, take a photo on a mobile phone, so you have to excuse me. <laughs> I was to 20 points. I wouldn't have thought the goals, unless they, you know, you're 18 games to only 16 games to go in this division. The points average is not that particularly great, I would have thought. So no. you're probably thinking you need to win this division. I would say that's probably fair. So Grey Wanderers will be hoping 
to do just that. Into the Bossitly Premier Division, where Folkestone are up to sixth after a 5-0 win over AFC Hornchurch on uh, on Saturday. Ian Draker on target again as he closes in on Jimmy Dryden's goal-scoring record. Uh, also, Johan Tahorse has had a fine season for Invicta. And young Alfie Paxman too. Um, a few changes there as well. Kane Rowland has gone out on loan to Ramsgate. But Ira Jackson, a player who's flitted around a lot of Kent clubs, is now there um, at Folkestone. So he'll be hoping to make an impression um, there. Absolute thriller um, wherever, at Longmead as well on Saturday, uh, Matt, as Tumbridge Angels were 2-0 up and then conceded twice in stoppage time in the first half, but they managed to prevail to win 3-2 home to Kingstonian. Tenth in the table, Angels. After their start, they'll probably be disappointed with that, but there's still only three points outside the playoff spots. Yeah, I think they will be disappointed. Their home form is disappointing as well. And I bet there was murmurings at half-time when they were 2-0 Peg back to 2-2. Fair play to Steve McKim getting the getting into the players and getting them the result. Uh, there were still 13 points off the top. We know if they can find that form early part of the season. I know they've had a little bit of changes of players and personnel, etc. They've had a few things. They, we know they can get in the playoffs. But thinking about Folkestone, 10 points off the top. The way they're performing at the moment, Drake up banging them in. The form at Jerison Road is really picked it's up, you know, Hornchurch, I know I'm struggling at the wrong end of the table, but that's a good result against them. Yeah, there's no reason why Folkestone can't get in the playoffs, or even a little bit more, um, from that point of view, it looks like Haringey, uh, we've got Margate this week, and that's a big game for Margate as well on that, but yeah, fantastic result for Folkestone, and they're coming good at the right time. Well, indeed, it's a, it's a tough week for Margate, if we're being honest, Matt, because they've got uh, <laughs> a way to Haringey Bar on Saturday. Five points clear at the top. And then on Wednesday night, they travel to Lewis, who are third. So um, t- oh. it's, it's tough for a Margate side who are very out of sorts at the moment. They're 16th in the table, um, but they are only four points outside the relegation zone. They do have games in hand, but again, they don't want to get sucked into anything, do they? No, two wins out of 12 at home is a, is a disappointing thing. So maybe these two away games will be um, better for them. It's going to be difficult at Haringey, who have done really well, haven't they, coming up? Could they be a conference south side, Haringey? Really interesting where they come from. It's uh, been well managed. But yeah, Margate. But they did have some good news off the pitch this week, though, Margate, John. It was about the stadium, wasn't it? Yes, they've. Um, they saw, it was. It, well, from what I can gather from this, that the, um, the council who owned the ground have sold it to Margate Football Club, and then the owners got it. And he has got plans, as we've seen before, for numerous years to put to rebuild on that a hotel, I think a gym, an education centre, etc. like that. But then the key thing on that, I think it was the covenant is that it's got to be used for leisure purposes. So you can't just stick um, housing on, on the location. And we do know that that's a prime housing location area um, by Artsdown Park from that point of view. But good news for Margate if... You know, we've had plenty of full storms in Margate and Thanet area about this happening. So, uh, but they've got one phase of it. And it'll be interesting to see maybe in the summer if something happens. But um, they've got big plans there. Um, will it um, come ahead? Again, my, one of my theories is why would you why, why would you put a hotel in there unless it's going to be, uh, you know, a super hotel? I don't know if it's one of the, the travel lodge or the Premier Inn chains, but for me, it's a strange place to have a hotel, and maybe you could do something different rather than put a hotel on it. Well, exactly. Um, talking of people who've had good news about stadiums, um, we're going to have another interview now. We're moving to the Southern Counties East League and uh, Punjab United have had great news in that they've secured a 12-year lease to stay at their home, the elite venue uh, in Gravesend. And uh, I caught up with their manager, Chippy Shan, who told us all about that deal and their form on the pitch. 
Yeah, we're over the moon, mate. Yeah, me and my brother just coming back from Birmingham now. So, yeah, we've signed it last night, mate. Um, we're safe, for thank God. So, you know, we can start to get things ready there now, can't we? You know what I mean? Yeah, and what does it mean to, to Punjab to have that arena sorted out? Mate, to be honest, it means everything. Because our kids are playing there from under our preschool. So on a Saturday morning, you know, you've got about 10 preschool kids. Then you've got another 100 kids training during the week. So where will we go? You know, I mean, you won't be able to house that club anywhere else apart from there, to be fair, in Gravesend. And, um, yeah, the two new owners that sat down, we've been working on it for about three months with them now. And, um, yeah, it turned out really well last night. We all went through it, and they said, yeah, let's sign it. So, yeah, it's great news for everyone, mate. We're secure now. We don't have to go nowhere. And it's, it's, it's a good venue, isn't it? Because there's a lot of, of houses around it, and it gives you an opportunity to, you know, really sort of set your stall out and say, this is where we are, come and see us. Yeah, that's what it is, John, and you know from yourself, we had, um, we got local community around there, they're all coming to watch us play on the Saturday, all their kids are playing from our youth teams, it would have been a big shame if we had to move out of Gravesend at least, you know what I mean, to go somewhere else, it probably would have meant we had to pitch share with someone, you know? And um, looking just generally at the season, mate, 15 points from 22 games, I guess that's not what you were hoping for from your first season at this level. <laughs> no, it's not going too well, mate. I Look, I'm not saying we can't compete in this level. I think it's, we've found it a really big step up. You know, some of the boys have now got to push themselves a little bit more, um, got to stop switching off. And every time we make a mistake, we're getting punished. Where the last couple of years, we never had that. But it's a, it's a massive learning curve, mate. And um, yeah, it's, it's not that. Uh, it's not the happiest times up there at the moment, but we've got to keep going, don't you? You know, we've got no fear every, every week. We'll go and see what happens. I guess the thing is, people c can probably forget how far you've come so quickly, can't they? I think, I think everyone forgets that, to be fair. They all think we're going to go and storm every single league. We can't, you know, we've already been in this league. Saturday league, I've been, what, two years now? It's, it's only um, the dream come true, mate, to be fair. So, look, if we, um, as long as we can sit tight in this level, I think it's a great level for us at the moment. Just don't want to, we don't want to go down, but you just, Yeah, and you've got a tough game on Saturday away at Deal as well. Yeah, that's not going to be easy, mate. I know we went down there on a Tuesday night a few months ago. God, blimey. But I think we'll be fine, mate. I think, look, we've got no fear. I've told the boys, we, we signed a few this week. We're just waiting for them to go through. It gives that squad a little bit of a boost. We haven't been a bit short, to be fair. Um, so um, I can't say who they are yet. I'm just waiting for them to go through today. And then um, I'll announce that on Twitter today as well. Has it been a thing where you, you've got, you, you know you've got to bring in some new faces now? Because I, I mean, I'm looking at K Sports. I saw them earlier in the season, and they were struggling, but they seem to have catapulted themselves up the league a little bit by just making a few little tweaks to the squad. And I guess you kept faith with what you had, and now you're looking at it and thinking maybe it's time to make some changes. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, John. I gave them half a season. I promised them I'll give them a chance, and um, a few, you know, and it, it's not worked for some of them. You know, some of them are good enough. Some of them, I've got to step up a little bit. You know, some of them are not fit enough. I've had a lot of injuries. I've, I've, I've sort of waited a long, long time now. I think I've, it's time to sort of bring in a bit more fresh uh, players who are playing at this level as well. So, yeah, that's that's what I thought. I couldn't wait no longer, mate. I have to start. I have to. I, have, I want to stay up, John. You know what I mean? I have to stay up. He's so infectious, Matt, isn't he? I always really, I always end up smiling when I talk to him. He's, he's so passionate. Um, really good news about the ground and, and really interesting comments about the team as well. Yeah, interesting. I, I was going to Birmingham. I don't know who owns people with these grounds there. 12 year lease. That gives them some just stability, um, which they can work off. I know they're big in the community uh, and in the Asian community and staying in Grey's End. 
which has a big Asian community, was absolutely key for them. So there's probably a lot of work going involved in that of what they can offer from that. So I'm absolutely delighted with them. On the, for, on the field, John, to be honest, I thought they'd be doing a little bit better than what they are. And he mentions relegation is, is something they don't want. Um, I think they should be all right. The Blue got enough points on the ball, particularly the form the other sides were going in. But it's interesting what he said. The step up was a bit of a... Um, you know, more than the imagined for, it can be from that. And, and I, I, I admire him by giving the players the chance, but it's a certain point he's got to say to them, no, sorry, you're not up to this level. We want to keep on progressing and you have to bring new players in. It's harsh, but that's the realities of football as you go up the levels, I think. Yeah, and as, as I kind of said to him there, you do forget that they went straight through the scaffold Division 1 you know, they weren't an established side at that level. They literally just came straight through. So you can't expect them to just hit the ground running and, and march on up the league. And uh, as I said there, I made the uh, the K-Sports sort of comparison there. K-Sports were struggling a little bit. They seem to have had, just made a few little tweaks and now they've gone up the table and Punjab will be hoping to do the same. Yeah, I think we've seen that he's bringing players in. We'll keep an eye on the Twitter handle, as he said on there, the players they're bringing in. You've seen what Tunbridge Wells have done. They brought a few players in and rocketing up the league their away form's great home form's pretty dreadful but uh, from that yeah, it's a tough division and he says you've got to stay in this and maybe just stabilise for a few years to get the level get you working off the pitch as well and then move on there but he is as you say an infectious character and he's only got the uh, heart of the club to, um, to go on and it, it's an interesting story that which I'm sure has got time to run and run over the years yeah, it's, it is great. And, and you know, if you've never been to the elite venue where Punjab play, um, it is worth going along to. It's, it's a nice little place. They've got a nice pitch there, um, ample parking. So it, if you're at a loose end and Punjab are at home, I'd definitely recommend it. If you, if you are a ground hopper and that sort of thing floats your boat and you've not made the trip to Punjab, I certainly would recommend that you go along there one day. And that includes you, Matthew Gerrard. Yeah, exactly. That's great. You know, I don't get back to um, Gravesend. But again, I really should pop in and see him at some stage. Maybe we can... Uh... Maybe near maybe a midweek, John. We can uh, record the pod from up there if they've got a midweek game. Okay, yeah, no worries. <laughs> no, we, we, yeah, that genuinely could happen. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have that conversation here and say, yes, I'm going to Gravesend. But yeah, no, it's, it's just various things in life and things. But yeah, but I, you know, we should probably put our head around the door at some stage. Well, well I definitely exactly. should. Anyway, you've been there, I know. Yeah, this weekend Punjab are a way to deal. As you heard him say there, that's a tough game. Uh, elsewhere in that division. Um, looking back at the weekend, Corinthian continued their great form. They're still level on points with Fisher at the top after a 3-2 win at Canterbury City. Uh, Irithtown beat Croydon 3-1 on Saturday, but then were beaten 2-1 at Beersted on Tuesday. Uh, Fisher beat Beersted 3-2 on Saturday to stay top um, on goal difference from Corinthian. It was Glebe 3, Deal Town 0. Cray Valley PM won 5-0 away at K-Sports. Beckham were 2-0 winners at Lordswood. Uh, Punjab lost to AFC Croydon Athletic 1-0. Sheppey United won 2 0 at Rustall, and we promised you there would be goals when Tunbridge Wells met Chatham Town, and there were seven of them. Tunbridge Wells. I didn't have to eat my hat, though, did I, John? No, we didn't. Tunbridge Wells 3, Chatham 4. And I don't know, did you see about the dog? I, it got on Sky's book. Great attendance as well, 505 in there. Um, uh, yeah, I did. It was on Sky. I, I, have, I do not have Sky, but apparently it was running on the pitch or something, was it? It was, yeah. Dog ran on the pitch, and uh, some enterprising person um, took a video of it and sent it into Sky, and it appeared. So. The scaffold had a little bit of uh, high-level coverage because of a dog. Was there comedy goal where the dog, somebody looks like could catch the dog, jumps in it, the dog runs through his fingers and things like that, was there? Uh, I don't think that quite happened, but he was he was certainly running around on the pitch in the clip that I saw of it, um, the little reprobate. Um, 
Uh, elsewhere on Saturday this weekend, um, it's Elsie Croyd against Corinthian, Cray Valley against Canterbury City, Crowborough against Glebe, Lordswood against Irith Town, and Sheffield United against Croydon. It's also the Kent Senior Cup, uh, sorry, the Kent Senior Trophy quarterfinals. Um, some good games in here as well. Chatham Town against Beersted, Fisher against Beckenham. That should be an absolute cracker. And then two more interesting ones. As Holmesdale, of who are sixth in Division One, take on Hollands and Blair, who are 18th in the Premier Division, and Tunbridge Wells are at home to the team from Jersey, St Peter. Now I was reading an article the other day, Matt, about um, Jersey have decided to follow the Guernsey route and uh, are heading into the uh, Combined Counties League. Um, so an interesting one that, that this Jersey side seem to have done pretty well in the Kent Senior Trophy. No, we discussed them on the radio show, I think. When, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know we discussed them about, yeah, they're coming into it from there. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think they've got into the... I don't know why, I suppose, the, the scaffold, maybe they asked to go in the scaffold, but they weren't um, well, not willing to, 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 to compete with them. But it'll be interesting to see. They have them in the cup competition. Will, will they continue to have them in the cup competitions next year? It'll be interesting to see, but... Interesting to see how that goes on. We'll have well, to keep an eye on it. It's a different club, obviously. This is St. Peter, and I think the, the oh, other is going to be called Jersey. But um, the reason they go in the combined counties is purely and simply because that's the one that includes the airport. So that's the list right, rather I than see, right. the, the other side. Because, you know, as. as could, could they work through the leagues and do a Guernsey then and be in the Bostic South East Division, obviously, at some stage? That's what they're apparently aiming to do. I read a good article about that in When Saturday Comes magazine. But, you know, your likes of your Lid Town, they wouldn't particularly want to be. Driving up to Gatwick to go to to, to go and play uh, again. No, journey, probably so. is true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. We'll oh, no, well, be, football is an, an international game, as, uh, as we say. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Well, Guernsey probably thought they'd be doing a little bit better now. I would have thought Guernsey were thinking they would be at least uh, Devon Bostic Premier. I would have thought they the backing they've got and, and things like that. But they're, they're struggling a bit. But I think one of their um, players he plays in the. Um, on his call the goals, he plays in the New Zealand League, I think, so he's doing all right for himself when he's doing his travel. Ross somebody. Ross Allen. Ross Allen, that's, the, that's the bad yeah. thing. Also, if somebody did find out, did you know an ex-Dover Athletic player is now manager, or temp- caretaker manager of Brisbane Raw? I did not know that. So, Darren Davis, who was part of Davis' season when they got relegated first time from the conference, he used to work at Saga, nice Welsh bloke, and now, I know he went moved to Australia, he's worked his way up, and he is... Caretaker manager, he was assistant to John Aloisi, you remember him, the Coventry City legend. Indeed. And now he's the caretaker manager. They did lose 5 0, but um, fair play to the lad. So uh, um, he's come from the from, from Dover to managing Brisbane Raw. And as I've been to Brisbane, it's a bloody lovely place. So uh, he, he's, you know, he's, he's done really well for himself. So I'll keep an eye out. I don't think he's going to get the job, but um, he's worked his way up and he's, he's been assistant coach at various clubs. So, so non league football going higher and higher. Do you know what, actually, talking about that, I was going to ask you, um, how's Galafuco getting on? Uh, he has, he is left, he's a club in Italy, so he may be returning somewhere, so I'm keeping an eye out on the transfers, will he go to the league, or will he go into non-league, so um, again, you see these, I presume, written by his agent, saying yes, Charlton and Portsmouth are interested in him, I don't know how true this is, but um if he does come back to national, I'm sure he could do a job in League Two or National League level. It'll be interesting to see who snaps it up. But I think um, he went to the club with Riti, I think it was, but they've got money problems. But now he's back. And I, I don't know where he's living these days, but um, I expect him to sign for somebody sooner rather than later. Well, indeed, that's very interesting. We'll just very quickly having 
um, shoehorned that bit in because I was his name just popped into my head earlier on today. Uh, very quickly in the Scaffold First Division last weekend, um, it was uh, Irith and Belvedere three, Kemper United two, Lewisham Borough uh, Neil Holmesdale one, Lidtown four, Rochester United one, Snodland Neil Kennington four, Sutton Athletic two, uh, Sporting Club Thamesbury one, and there was a nil nil draw. Don't get many of them in the Scaffold between Wellington and Stansford. Welling still seven points clear at the top. Um, this weekend, just three games in that league as Forest Hill Park taking Kennington, Rochester United take on Sutton Athletic and Stansfeld uh, take on Lid Town. There's also some London Senior Trophy quarterfinals, which is why there's a few games out of there. But the the clue for that is in the title, London. Um, that's pretty much it for this week's uh, episode of the Kent on League podcast. It feels like it's, been, it's, it's gone on for quite a while, actually, Matt. A couple of good interviews in there. I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, good, yeah. Again, I'm in the office here and it's going to be cold and I'm thinking how cold it's going to be. Well, you might be snowing up north, so uh, maybe I shouldn't do it, but it's, it's a pair of socks, thermals on, on Saturday. Uh, the football and we're getting at that time of the year and I look back in August when I walked football in my shorts thinking, oh, I wish it was August again because it's going to be very, very cold. But we're looking forward to it and some big games again. Um, we're nearly halfway through January now. It's soon going to be exciting with panic starts written on some of our sides or excitement going so it should be a good couple of months if the snow holds off of course well exactly but obviously some of our teams won't be worried by that because they've got uh, 3G pitches to, to oh play. yes 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 we, we, won't go, but we, have, we haven't had that debate for a while so maybe well I don't think we need that debate this year but maybe uh, in the future we need to have that debate again excellent right well that is it for this week's Kent Only podcast and um, thanks as always to Matt for uh, giving up his time to chat and uh, shutting the door and everything like that. Um, and also thanks to Mitch Walker and uh, Chippy for their time as well, because it's, it's always much appreciated. It would be nothing without those people. I should say as well, um, it's a couple of weeks ago now, but we did pass 20,000 total listens for the Kent Only podcast, which given that it's uh, one bloke on a phone, another one sat with a laptop, um, we're pretty pleased with that. And we do really appreciate it. So thank you very much to everybody who's listened to us over the past 18 months or so. Um, as always, get in touch with us on social media at uh, Kent NL Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at Kent Non League, is what you need to search. Uh, I am at John Phipps81 and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. And um, we're back on the radio as well on Monday night, BBC Radio Kent, nine o'clock. Um, not going to be much non league chat in that one because we have um, Gillingham Manager Steve Lovell is going to be our guest on Monday night's show. So looking forward to having a chat with him. And if you know any Gillingham fans who may want to listen to that or may want to call in with a question for their manager, um, do let them know. Nine o'clock on BBC Radio Kent on Monday evening. Um, and that is pretty much it. So thanks for listening and we shall speak to you next week. I reckon I could be as cool as Luther one day. <laughs>